0: Welcome to Mary's Cup of Tea, the self-love podcast for women. I'm your host, Mary Jolkovsky, an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that will inspire you to love yourself. Hello self-lover! Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. Thousands of people have this book and the five-star reviews are so amazing. They give me so much life. So I hope that this is something that can help you too. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com slash book. After releasing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I realized that we really needed something to keep us going every single day. So not a deep dive workbook, but maybe like a micro dose of self-love in your daily life, which is why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love. It's a guided journal with, you guessed it, 100 prompts that cover so many areas of life, including body, identity, purpose, emotions, mindset, relationships, and more. So you can really think of it as a metaphor multivitamin, something to keep you going, or as I like to say, growing on your self-love journey. You can get this journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. It's my mission to share all the self-love tea with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can do just that. I'm a pretty organized person except for when it comes to my digital spaces. In that sense, I'm kind of a digital hoarder. I got a smartphone when I was 16, and that was also around the time when I started bodybuilding, so I very quickly got sucked into taking progress photos of my body, and that turned into me not just micromanaging my body, but like microanalyzing every aspect of my appearance. So it kind of set off this like sick cascade of me taking pictures of literally everything from body checking to the food I was eating to screenshotting the calories that added up in my calorie tracker app at the end of every single day. And of course, because I was so hyper fixated and critical of my appearance, I have a bajillion selfies because they were never good enough. All that to say, the seventy thousand photos that I currently have on my phone is actually something I'm proud of because otherwise, it would be like over a hundred thousand. So, needless to say, I have to be doing this digital decluttering more frequently. But I especially like doing it in between. This time leading up to the new year, I feel like after Christmas, but right before January 1st, some of us might have like half days or extra time off work, or (laughs) we just don't really know what to do with ourselves because the holiday season was so hectic. Hopefully, you find yourself with spare time to hang out on the couch with your phone and computer and clean up your digital spaces. We spend so much of our time in front of a screen. So it would behoove us to make it a little bit more pleasant and hopefully less anxiety provoking. I actually spent all of today, it's currently 3 p.m. And from 10 till 2, I was sitting here for four hours decluttering my own digital spaces. And as I was doing that, I was taking notes on little tips and tricks that I think might be useful for you. So maybe you want to listen to this episode as you're cleaning out your digital junk drawers or maybe take some notes that you think would be useful for you. So here are six ways to declutter your digital spaces. Let's start with the first one that's going to save you money right away. You've already been told to do this. I hope you've already done it, but if not, here's a friendly yet adamant reminder to cancel the subscriptions that you're not using. Go to your bank statements and see if there are any recurring charges happening. There might be softwares that could help you do this, but I think taking a hard look at your finances before the new year is necessary anyway. So while you're doing that and facing the financial fears and often the nerves and unpleasant tastes that can come from looking at your bank statements Just see if there's anything you can cancel. Do you really need all the streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Disney? Or is there a few that you can cancel? There might also be a bunch of apps that you're paying for that you don't even know. If you have an iPhone and you go to your settings, go to your iCloud and click on subscriptions, you'll see all of the software that you're subscribed to. Actually, a couple of months ago, I got an email that my credit card was charged for Apple Care, And I've gotten these emails before because I generally have Apple Care on my phone, but for whatever reason, I decided to open up the receipt. And when I opened the email, I saw that the Apple Care subscription was actually connected to my old phone which I haven't had in like a year and a half. So I start going back through these receipts and it's charging me $8 a month for like 16 months. I think that adds up to like $200 or something and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I've been paying for Apple Care on a phone that I don't even have." So luckily I was able to call Apple and ask for refunds like backtrack all of those refunds. And they did honor it because I was (laughs) insistent and persistent. So make sure you double check charges, especially recurring charges on your account. Something else you might consider canceling is Amazon Prime. I actually haven't had Amazon Prime in years until just recently I found out that since my husband and I live in the same house, granted, we've been living in the same house for four years. So all this time we could have been sharing an Amazon Prime subscription. It lets you like link up your accounts. You can still have separate credit cards and everything, but you don't have to be paying for two Prime subscriptions since you share the same address. They let you do this for two adults and two kids per household. So maybe that's useful to you. But regardless, I actually found a lot of joy in not having Amazon Prime because it made me, one, just a little bit more patient with my packages. I was also less likely to shop in general because when it says shipping is going to take a week and you're like, I'm not going to need this in a week. Let's talk about the next place and arguably the most important place that you have to clean up in your phone, and that is photos. There's a really cool video on YouTube called How to Remember Your Life. I'm gonna link it for you in the description in case you wanna watch. It's beautifully done, but I'm gonna give you the main idea here anyway. The creator talks about how the key to remembering your life is actually deleting photos. And the reason for that is because to delete a photo, you have to go back to the photo. You have to think about, do I want to remember this for five, 10, 50 years? And if the answer is no, you can just delete it forever. And if the answer is yes, you're much more likely to remember what you did that day based on the photo that you chose to keep. Because I'm someone who's so afraid to, lose people, and lose the memories that I have with them. This is very hard for me to do, especially when there's somebody else in the photo. So I started by first going to selfies. I would go to the selfies folder on my iPhone and literally just deleted all of the selfies that I had, except for the ones that I favorited. This was especially real for me back when I used to take so many photos of myself because I was so insecure. So I had to go back to like 2015, 2016 and just clear all of that out. But now I literally take selfies for the memory. And if there is something that I'm like trying to create for social media and it's taking more than one shot, I try, I'm not perfect at this, but I try to clear out everything I'm not going to use right away so that it doesn't build up. So selfies is the first place to go into for deleting stuff. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good... I would add it to my self-love playlist, and now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist, and these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. If you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. The next place is the screenshots album on your phone. That screenshots album will be the death of me. That's where so much junk is like text screenshots, proof that your ex sucks, Amazon return codes, random shit that I thought I would refer back to one day, podcast guests I want to book, nice things people have sent to me or commented. And I want to keep some of this, but Clearly, it's not doing me any good by just sitting in a pile of cyber garbage. So what I did was I created different folders. So I have a folder for like retreat testimonials and I have another folder called why you do what you do. And I put screenshots of like nice things that people have said to me into that folder. So that way, if I'm feeling sad and want a little pick me up, I know exactly where to find those. I also have a separate folder like this for podcast testimonials. So if you've left a review. It's probably screenshotted and in my podcast testimonials folder, and it really helps when I'm feeling doubtful or hard on myself in this podcast. I also found in my screenshots a lot of like quotes and books I wanted to read and movies to watch and people I wanted to like connect with, just random, random things. And again, I was never going back and doing any of this because it was just getting lost in the shuffle. So what I've done is I actually made separate lists on Notion. You might have heard me talk about Notion before. I'm obsessed with it. I use it for all things project management, business work management, and just life management. So all my like reading lists, travel plans, my workflows, you know, for like the podcast or retreats, or if I'm working on a project with someone, I create like collaborative boards in Notion And I'm not going to go into a Notion spiel here because I could be talking about it for hours, truly. My friends make fun of me because I geek out over Notion all the time. So instead, I'm just going to leave you a link in the description in case you want to check it out for yourself. But basically, whatever thing you use to organize yourself, it just can't be a hodgepodge of screenshots or a hodgepodge of notes on your phone. (laughs) That brings me to the next place that you have to go through. And I invite you to do this before the new year. Go through the notes app on your phone and same thing, make albums. So on my notes app, I actually went on my computer and I have albums called Handy Dandy, which is where I keep things that I need to reference often like passwords or my author bio. like random personal finance stuff i also have a folder called ideas which is where i put various inspirations i have a folder called prose which is where i keep my poetry podcast everything podcast related retreats retreats related and this might help you if you're a content creator but i have two folders one called unused captions and one called used captions my used captions folder has like 600 notes in it. And basically when I make an Instagram caption, I originally type it into the notes app on my phone so that way I can save it, edit it, not have to work out of the Instagram app. And then it goes into used captions and the stuff in the unused captions is generally things that's like more or less finished, because if it wasn't finished, it would probably be in the ideas folder. But this is stuff that I just like haven't posted yet for whatever reason, or, you know, topics that I do eventually want to post about. That way, whenever I'm stuck or don't really know what to talk about, because it's part of my job to do so, I can go into the unused captions folder. So I don't always have to create stuff from my head in the moment. So between the Notes app and Notion, the way that I use it is that the Notes app captures all my random thoughts and ideas, and then Notion organizes them. So once they're more or less complete, they're gonna go into Notion because I also have like a content planner there. And like I said, a trip planner, a budget tracker, a lot of stuff that I use Notion for, but it won't go into Notion until it's like a developed concept or idea that I'm actively working on. Otherwise, I would just get overwhelmed. So I think whatever those places are for you, try to find one that's like the brain dump and the other one that's like the brain development. I do the same thing manually. Like I have separate notebooks that captures the hodgepodge of thoughts that I have and random to-do lists and shit. And then I have like my dedicated daily planner where things are just a little bit more organized. So I don't want to scream every time I sit at my desk. The next place you might want to clean up is your email. I know that's the most overwhelming thing that anyone can possibly suggest because there's so much spam that goes there. But here's what I did five years ago and have never, ever looked back. I keep telling my husband to do this, but he won't listen to me. So maybe you will, since you're not married to me, (laughs) make a new email, like literally just start today and make a new email. Save your old email as your spam email. That's the one you're going to use when you're online shopping and you need an email to check out or if you're trying to download something off the internet and it asks for your email, just put in your spam email. And the new one is only reserved for the most important things, like the most important things, no subscriptions, no promotions, no marketing emails, always unsubscribe from those and keep your fresh new email as this super protected bubble of things that are very, very important. Do not let any promotional or ad or salesy emails get into that inbox. I shit you not, this method has helped me reach inbox zero, zero, seriously. I'm only signed in to the two emails that I use. One is my personal, one is my work. Nobody besides very important accounts have access to either of these. And then I have my third old, old spam email, which... I use to sign up for like email newsletters and and random promos and coupons. Coupons. That's where they get you. You sign up for some coupon and the next thing you know, your inbox is flooded with a bunch of junk. Like I said, the first year is probably going to be clunky and you're probably going to feel annoyed switching emails and trying to figure it all out but once you get through that hump and you're at inbox zero and you don't have any advertisements ever landing in your inbox it's seriously the best thing ever. Stan my husband gets pretty jealous when he sees that I don't have any unread emails in my inbox and that's because I did this five years ago and I've never looked back so if you want to make a new email now is the time start the new year fresh two more digital spaces and places that we're going to talk about. First being social media. I'm not going to belabor this point because I think you know the importance of only following people who inspire you and unfollowing anybody who makes you feel like shit. Go through who you follow. And on Instagram, there's actually a new feature where you can filter by, there's an option that says like most shown in feed and least shown in feed. So go into most shown in feed first and see what Instagram is actively pushing out to you the most. Do you want to be seeing that? Do you like what they're pushing to you? And then you're going to go into least shown in feed. And those are probably the accounts that you followed, but forgot you followed, you don't really interact with. So Instagram doesn't show them to you. Do you need to be following them? If you don't see them anyway, maybe you can unfollow those. And then there's two other filter options where you can see who you're most interacting with and who you're least interacting with. Just see if there's anyone you can minimize there. I have some rules for myself when it comes to social media. I never follow more than 350 accounts Most of those accounts are real people. So I don't follow any brands. Even if I like really love a particular brand and I use their product and I enjoy whatever it is that they have to offer, it's very unlikely that I'm going to be following them on social media for the sole reason that I don't want to buy more shit than I actually need. And when you see shit, you think you need that shit. But really, it feels like you need that shit because it's right in front of your nose. So if you just get it out of your sight, you probably won't feel like you need it. And the same goes for influencers who I feel like just sell product a little too much, or I am like, comparing myself like I started following this beauty influencer and I think she's so gorgeous like so pretty and I liked her energy and I liked her vibe but I realized that the past three products that she recommended I bought and it's not that I was disappointed with what I bought but it was just shit that I don't need like some oil glowing spray serum that yeah made me look a little glowy for literally three minutes before it dried out my skin. (laughs) And so, of course, she's going to look fantastic in that video. But did I need to spend $30 on that? Probably not, you know? So when I find myself getting easily influenced or hyper fixated on someone or just like mentally cluttered by certain energy that I'm receiving from the internet, it's just best to unfollow. You never need an excuse to do that. And in my book, it's better to unfollow an account a day too early than a day too late. Another place you might want to look at on social media is your saved items. When I'm scrolling and I see something that I think is useful or helpful, or I want to refer back to at some point, I save it, right? Thinking that I'm going to need it later. And again, just like the screenshots on my phone, I never refer back to it because there's just too many things saved. So every so often I go through and I unsave things that I don't feel like are relevant to me anymore. And you'd be surprised, like certain posts that I really, really enjoyed in the moment and thought they would be useful for me in the future just were not <laughs> anymore. And I just would unsave those. And if you do want to keep them saved, you can also make folders there too. So For example, I have a folder dedicated to places that I want to go to in Arizona. So this will be like restaurants or experiences or hikes. And I shared that folder on Instagram with my husband. So then we can add to it. And when we're looking for a new hike or a new restaurant to try, we go to that folder. So organize. That's like the whole (laughs) theme of this podcast episode. The last place. And arguably, if you work from your computer, especially if you work from your computer from home, the desktop where you have floating files just kind of hanging out on your home screen, you need to clean that up. And also the downloads folder. These two places are where files tend to build up. The last decluttering tool I'm going to leave you with is something that I do or try to do every single day. And it's helped me so much this year. I first found out this technique by listening to some podcast, and I, I think they called it like the shutdown method. So basically, at the end of every day, shut down all of the tabs that are open on your browser, close every single window, and then power off your computer. Literally do this every single day at the end of your workday. For some reason, it just helps your brain like transition into, okay, I finished work and now I'm doing whatever it is that I do after work instead of keeping it open indefinitely. That way, the next day, if something is as important as I think it is, I'm going to be forced to open it up all over again. And then hopefully, I'm not working with so many tabs and I can actually focus on one thing instead of task switching and multitasking, which, by the way, does not work. Nobody can multitask. And the more we try, the more distracted we get and the more we feed this kind of like addictive behavior and decentralized focus where we're feeling scattered and frazzled and all over the place and never fully feeling complete because nothing ever gets complete when we're going from one thing to another without giving ourselves like a proper transition in between. So I invite you to do this with your computer, especially your work computer, and maybe you can do this with your phone also. I found it to be so liberating when I just let my phone die and then I put it on the charger and you know how it takes a while to start back up after it dies? Well, that's my sign to just step away from the phone and get away from the technology and go live your life. I hope that this digital decluttering is something that you get around to doing especially before the new year or at the very least at the end of every day you can close your tabs your digital tabs your mental tabs power off the workload and restart fresh the next day self-love demands that we properly shift from one role like this is podcaster mary and this is social media influencer Mary, and this is retreat host Mary, and also this is wife Mary, and sister Mary, and friend Mary. And we already have a hard time role shifting so much in our ever-demanding lives, but especially when it comes to the way we consume technology and anything in the digital space. We're constantly shifting from one post to another within milliseconds, from looking at one human to another. We're literally consuming thousands and thousands of of humans and ideas, and not to mention switching different apps and switching different devices. And sometimes I'll have my phone and my computer next to me and the TV going and music playing, and it's just too much. So I invite you to clean up your digital spaces so that they can be less stressful and more organized. I hope this helps, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. TTYL! One last thing before we farewell, myself lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much, and I will talk to you in next week's episode.